Welcome to the Brilliant Business Moms podcast, episode 128, with Sarah Kornack and Bethann Schwamberger. Today on the show, we're airing a live blab that we held with Crystal Payne, author of Money Making Mom. The blab was a live question and answer session. Women were able to hop on the live video to ask Crystal their business questions. She fielded questions from bloggers, Etsy sellers, and other types of business owners, and she had lots of great advice to share. Just like our other blabs, the sound quality is not the best. We even had interruptions from school-age children, babies, and dogs. Such is the life of a mompreneur. But the answers that Crystal gave were just so fantastic, we knew we had to air this as a regular podcast episode. Just so you are aware, the recording starts mid-question and answer. Let's get started. You're listening to the Brilliant Business Moms Podcast, practical business advice for startup moms. But yeah, I like the live interaction. So that's, that's I think, what fuels me. So that's why I do love Periscope. But yeah, so I don't know if that makes sense. <laughs> well, when I met with, I'm trying to think, what his name is, but podcast answer man. I can't think of what his name oh, is right now. Cliff Ravenscraft. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. And I was asking him about the possibility of me doing a podcast. This was like two years ago. And he mm-hmm. said, don't do a podcast until you have products. And I oh. thought that that was really wise. And other people have done it different ways, but he said, you have too much that you're doing right now and you have too many different things that are successful. So if you do a podcast now, it's just going to be one more thing to add to your plate and you're not going to see real success from it. So he said, wait until you build up a product repertoire and then start a podcast. So I was just going to encourage you with that. I think that do what you're doing right now that you love doing, which is YouTube and Periscope. You're doing a great job of that. I think you're working on building an email list. Is that correct? Oh yeah. Yeah. I'm trying to build that. And so I think that that's, that is one of your, your keys to later down the road doing other things like the podcast and all of that. But I would say start with what you already have going on and then think, okay, what are the three things that you want to do in 2016? Like that are going to actually turn a profit for you. Okay. So, <laughs> so that would be the hopefully well speaking I've got I actually have a really good speaking gig in J- July that I'm excited about but then yeah YouTube and then affiliate links like your programs yeah so probably affiliate and YouTube are probably and then speaking are the I mean right now I mean speaking I it definitely makes more money for me but I there's only so much of me to go around so so yeah I think that I would start with that the email list is going to be key for you with the products and affiliates and that sort of thing. And then I think that you have a lot of potential to do some of your own products, your own digital products. And I think that that's something that I really encourage you to consider because moms, you have a lot of organizational and practical advice for moms that I know they would just laugh up. And I feel like yeah. as you've seen with Makeover Your Mornings, how it's been successful, you think if you were doing it yourself and it was your own product, it would probably be like 500 times what you're seeing with Makeover Your Mornings. Oh, okay. Yeah, because I want to develop an, an, an e-course for a couple of different things. And one of them is the homeschooling organization. But yeah, that's, that's a good point. So, okay. Yeah, thank you. Very good answers. Very good. I thought Victoria had a great question. Victoria, do you want to actually come on video to yeah, ask your I'll question? I'll say goodbye. <laughs> All right, bye, everybody. Bye, Christine. Bye, Christine. Thank you so much for popping yeah. up. Yeah. That's so fun.
Victoria wants to hop on, so press the button to to join in, Victoria. Request to join. Yep. There we go. Here's Victoria. Is thinking about it. Um, oh, no sound. Okay. We'll Should we just ask time. her a question for her? Yeah, let's ask it. Okay, so Victoria said, as a working mom, did you ever struggle with feeling less than professional? I sometimes feel like I'm scrambling to do the work, often unshowered with a baby in the room, and feel like my work isn't as legit. How did you work through that feeling? Oh, that's a great question. I think that you have to own the fact that you are a work-at-home mom. You are not a stay-at-home mom. It's different mm -hmm. than a stay-at-home mom, and you're going to have to structure your life differently than a stay-at-home mom. You are also not a work-outside-the-home mom. And so that means that you're probably balancing both mom and working, and sometimes those worlds are going to collide, and you're going to have a conference call in your pajamas, and you're going to be so grateful that they want to do audio only. That's happened to me a lot. <laughs> and I think but you are legit, no matter what you're doing, whether you're a stay-at-home mom, whether you're a work-at-home mom, whether you work outside the home mom, you are legit, and you are following your calling. And so I think don't get hung up on feeling like just because you don't look as put together as someone that you see in that ink magazine. Trust me, like every mom has those days when she feels like she's a total hot oh, yeah. mess and nothing's <laughs> working. <laughs> so, but yeah, I feel like that there, for me, the best thing that I've done is to compartmentalize as much as possible. It's a lot harder when you have the baby. It just is. And I think that you have to give yourself a ton of grace and just recognize that it's a season of life. This is a choice that you've made and there are going to be hard things. With every choice we make, there are hard things. But it can also be a beautiful thing and think that it gives you the opportunity to get to be there with your baby. And sometimes that means that there's um, spit up and more pajamas and less fewer showers and all of that. But it's, it's a beautiful thing. And so I think just to give yourself that grace of knowing that you've made this choice, you're going to do the best that you can. But some days it's going to not be all perfectly put together and and it's you can't compartmentalize because your baby needs you and you've been up at night and so but I think also if you can restructure your day during the season of when your baby is just little and give yourself a whole lot of grace to say that you know what as much as I can set aside, as much as I can streamline, as much as I can delegate, I'm going to do that because this is a short season and then you'll move into a different season and it's okay to streamline for that short season. Crystal, do you remember when you first owned the work at home mom title instead of the stay at home mom title? Do you remember that, what spot you were in? Yes. Okay. So I think it was after I had my third child, I remember... I think he was maybe two and I was just feeling so overwhelmed and I was feeling so stressed and I was feeling like, you know, I need to be making all this stuff from scratch and keeping my house perfectly clean and volunteering and going to all these different things and getting together with friends. And, and I was feeling like I needed to do all these things and be all these things for all these people. And I just finally had to say, it's, I, it doesn't work. That doesn't work. And if I'm going to work you know, a part-time to full-time hours, 
I'm going to have to restructure my life differently in order to make that work. And so that means I'm going to have to delegate. I'm going to have to streamline. I'm going to have to be okay with just not being able to do what someone who is not working part-time or full-time can do. And so owning that was was just really good for me and putting that title on myself, which feels weird. I don't really like titles, but for me, when I kind of like put on that hat and said, this is who I am, it gave me the freedom to make decisions differently than when I was trying to like fight that angst of I'm a stay-at-home mom, I'm a work-at-home mom and going back and forth. Yeah, that's awesome. I That's totally true. I know it took you a while, Sarah, to own that you were a, a working I'm still working mom. on. Yeah. I'm still working on owning it. I, I yeah. still check, you know, stay-at-home mom on the doctor's office forms and school forms and things like that. I'm, I'm, I'm slowly getting there. So you can that's... put self-employed, put self-employed. Like that's what I <laughs> like. Start with that. Just say I'm self-employed, you know, because <laughs> you are. So, you know. <laughs> Sounds good. I'll start there. Okay, so we have a question from, or we did have a question from Gianna, and I don't know if she's still able to pop on video. I know she had to cut out. Hey, hey, <laughs> hey Gianna, how are you? Am I verbal? Yes, yes, yeah, we, we can, can hear, hear you. you. Yay! <laughs> <laughs> so, like, these kids are coming back from lunch in. Mm, like two minutes. I'm, I'm not kidding. Okay. Okay. So <laughs> I'll probably ask the question and then get off. But okay. So okay. my question was, we are trying to not charge our readers anything for a product or anything that our service is free, but that means we need to charge somebody something so we can make some money. <laughs> so we are hoping to figure out how to scale charging businesses. Like, I, I feel like I'm always scrambling around trying to hustle out there and get our name out there and say, do you want this? We've got this, you know, and, and it's not a consistent thing. How how can we scale it and make it a consistent thing? What is your business? Oh yeah, that would be helpful, huh? <laughs> <laughs> I was just gonna say, I was like, we know you, but Crystal doesn't. <laughs> Our our website is called Family Fun Twin Cities, and basically we are we're a service that provides information for families about all the free and affordable activities to do around Minneapolis and St. Paul. What are you giving away for free? The information. Like, they don't have to sign up or pay a monthly membership fee or anything. They just can come to our site and find the information. Is it monetized right now? We do have a small work network not work a small network or a, a, a unblogging advertising network that's on it yes and what are your long-term visions for the site we want it to keep going <laughs> we, just, we just want to have a long <laughs> and fruitful life <laughs> and so can you provide like you know are there other sites that are similar in your space that are charging for what you're offering not Exactly. We're, we're pretty much the most, we're pretty much the only thing that's like us. There's a couple of blogs in the set, in the, in the space. And then there's a membership like discount service, but that has a blog similar to ours, but there's is like, you have to pay like nine bucks or eight bucks a month to be a part of that, but you can get your information from free from them, but that's how they monetize. Well, because I would say if you're providing that kind of information, I would not charge for that information. I would more focus on how can you monetize your site. 
Okay. So for instance, could you work with local businesses and have them sponsor things? Could like could they buy advertising on your site? I'm thinking you could build an email list, which would be a very targeted email list that would be very valuable to local businesses. And so I would recommend that you not only monetize your site by using affiliate links. Do you need to go? Um, <laughs> well, let me show you what's happening. Yes. <laughs> you can listen to the recording okay. later, Diana. Okay. Well, with... thank you, and I yeah. will come back. <laughs> okay. okay. Oh, and this is my daughter. <laughs> Hi. Okay, thanks. That's okay. a oh. multitasking mom right there. Yeah. <laughs> That's school volunteering and getting business advice on the on the side. Okay, go ahead, Chris. I can finish. Okay. So I would recommend for her because I feel like if you're providing free information on a site that people are probably not going to expect to pay for it, it's like for instance on Money Saving Mom. People aren't going to expect to have to come and pay for deals. That's going to be a free service, but I can monetize it by using affiliate links, by working with sponsors, by pointing to other things. So I was just thinking for her personally, I would say to work on building her traffic, building her email list, and then monetizing that with affiliate links, with advertising and with sponsors from local businesses. I think you made a good point that her email list would be almost maybe even more valuable than other email lists because to the local businesses, because it is so targeted. So a local business would really find that extremely valuable to have their business be talked about by their mm -hmm. group. So that yeah. was a very yes. good point. And I know, you know, cause I, I feel like we don't see it that often that an email is sponsored, but I know social media examiner has been doing that with their emails for a long time. Like they'll have a sponsor, you know, it's like an ad within the email. So yeah, I thought. Hey Ro does that idea. too, I think. Oh, okay. Yeah. Oh, yeah, exactly. They do that at the beginning of their email. So, I, I, yeah, I think that'd be a great strategy for Gianna. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so too. Go ahead and push the button to say that you want to request to join Elaine Marie. Yeah. And then we'll get you on. Bye. <laughs> okay. I'm just using my phone. Yeah. We can hear you. You're good. Sounds good. Crystal, I've just, I've read your book. I'm listening to it for a second time. I've used the audio version because I like to listen while I do what I do. And I've enjoyed your scope so much. But my question for you today is I have my own website. I do, I make handmade crocheted items and I'd like to monetize that in other ways so that not everything I do has to be made by me. And I've, I've heard I can have an Amazon store and I was thinking, well, I could have like my favorite crochet things, hooks and things like that, and use have that somewhere on the site. But I don't want it to look like it's full of ads for other things or, or whatever. But I'm trying to figure out ways to monetize so I'm not just always making crochet. It takes me hours to make one item. So do you, know, do you understand mm -hmm. the question? Yes. So a couple of things that I would think about. One, you could build an email list of people who are interested in crocheting. So like right now you're selling to people who want to buy stuff pre-made. If you want to provide advice for people who are interested in crocheting, there's so much potential that you could do with that, whether that would be teaching classes online 
providing resources, linking to other classes. For instance, like with Craftsy, you can make a lot of money promoting the Craftsy classes and products and using Amazon affiliate links to promote your favorite products, actually doing patterns yourself. There are so many different things that you could do with that, that then it would basically be that your time is not dependent upon how much you make. And I think that that could be a passive stream of income, but it would have to be, you have to think about how much are you passionate about that? Like, are you really, 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 really passionate about teaching people how to crochet? Because if you're not, then this is probably not something to pursue because you're probably going to burn out really quickly. So, so thinking of that, another idea for you to consider is could you hire someone to crochet the items and that you're just making a percentage to like, you're paying them, let's say you're paying them $15 and you make 25. So kind of thinking about how much is your time worth and is it worth it? If Could you afford to hire somebody to do your work for you? And then you're just actually selling and managing the business. I don't know because with handmade items, it's a little bit hard sometimes because there's not a big profit margin, but that's something to consider. Okay. That sounds, that all sounds good. I'm, I'm just so excited to find other ways to build my income without it all taking my manpower or my yeah. girl power. <laughs> yeah, well, I think that you could consider, you know, do you want to be like kind of, you know, brand yourself as the, the crochet teacher? You know what I mean? Like, is that, is that something that you would be really excited about and passionate about? And if so, then I would say you could have a tip sheet on your site that people could download when they sign up for your email list. That would be my top 10 favorite crochet tools. And each of those in that tip sheet, that's an affiliate link. And so you're building an email list with that, but you're also then able to monetize that through that free tip sheet. And then you are attracting people who are interested in learning how to crochet. And by doing that, then you're building this list. And if you can continue to every week, if possible, be emailing them with tips and like, here's a link to this, you know, here's what I crocheted this week. And here's a link to um, this great pattern that I found and I love what so-and-so is doing. Like you're sending them stuff that they would be interested in if they love to crochet, but then you also can use a lot of affiliate links in there. And I see how you could eventually work it up. So you know, if you had 10,000 people on this list who they were like highly interested in crochet and it was an engaged list, you can make good money off of that because it's a very targeted list. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. That sounds great. I just have been trying to rack my brain. I do want to do periscopes. I keep thinking I should just do a regular Periscope show on some so sort of crochet along type thing where people can watch me and have the supplies they need in advance and make it with me kind of thing. So that's one of the things I've been thinking about doing. So I think I that's a great idea. Yeah. And if you were going to do something like that, I would say like your call to action for something like that would either be that they get a download that has like all the, t like all the materials they need and the pattern for crocheting along. That would be a really great way to build an email list and you could do a new one every month and you're building, you know, just continuing to build the email list or that your call to action is, you know, go here and you get my free tips, my top 10 tools or whatever. And it's a download as well. And so I think I've seen that with Periscope, building an email list is really effective because the people who are following you on Periscope and who are engaging and who are tuning in to your scopes 
are really, really raving fans. So like they've connected with you and they wanna keep connecting with you. So getting them to an email list, driving them to that, and then nurturing that has been really effective for us to see how we're, it's not just like a one-time thing, like, oh, they like my Periscope. It's like, now they've connected with me, they're getting my emails every single week, and then they're gonna listen to, if I recommend this thing on Craftsy, or if I recommend this this crochet hook, or if I recommend this pattern, or whatever, they're gonna listen because they've built an affinity for me, and they trust me. All right. And not that I'm going to be doing anything about crochet, but I'm. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, come on. Don't you want to join me? (laughs) That was Crochet is fun. That would be. (laughs) Thank you so much, Crystal. You are so welcome. And I love your book. I'm listening to it for the second time. (laughs) Thank you so much. Thank you. Yeah, that was awesome. Bye, bye, Elaine. Thanks for joining us. Yes, thank you. Thank you. Okay. All right. I, I saw several other questions pop up. So if anyone wants to just request to join and come on in, this is like business coaching, Crystal. Holy cow. <laughs> this is awesome. I love this. I'm just soaking it up too because it's it's so good. Great advice. Here comes Julie. Yay, Julie. <laughs> so I don't have a cute baby to show off, but I do have a sleepy kitty. So very cute. <laughs> Okay. I just wanted to say that I'm really enjoying your book, Crystal. I haven't quite finished the last couple of chapters. I'm still working on it, but it's been just the encouragement that I really needed the last couple of months. And it's really helped me to make some pretty tough decisions for my business. And it's given me the courage to do that, especially the the last chapter that I was reading on the bigger vision, just a bigger picture. And it's helped me to say no to a lot of things that were good. And I realized that I was really doing it more out of guilt than really out of the focus of what my big picture plan was. And now I'm able to really just sit down and say, sorry, you know, I can't do that or whatever. So thank you. I really, really enjoyed the book. Thank you so much. Yeah. My um, question is my husband and I are both entrepreneurs. My husband's a graphic designer and he's just recently gone out on his own this year and so things are a little bit tough still and they're a little bit less than ideal for me trying to start my business we've been a one computer family for the last couple of years so about 99 percent of my is done from my iphone so i am blessed to have that but as you probably know it is really limited as far as apps and things that you're able to schedule things trying to do an email list is really really tough and the computer that he has is on last leg too. So we're trying not to put any more pressure on it than we have to. So what did you do whenever you were, or if you ever were in a season where you felt like, okay, this is what I'm supposed to be doing. I prayed about it. I know this is what I'm supposed to do. There is room for a little bit of growth at a time, but in certain areas, you feel like you're running into a brick wall. What do you do? That's a great question. I think a lot of people experience that and that's part of growing a business that it's really hard in the beginning because things are so tight and you don't have money to do a lot of these good ideas. I think one thing that came to mind for me would be, is there some way that you could go do something for a short season, you or your husband, to earn the money to buy a laptop? Because if that's the thing that's really holding you back, could you get a job for the next three weeks working part-time, doing some kind of Christmas something or other? Because there's a lot of places that are hiring right now because of Christmas sales and so much. Could you just enough to be able to buy that laptop? Because I feel like that might just really take you to the level that you need to be at. 
Right. That's the other brick wall, unfortunately, that I'm running into. I worked three part-time jobs a couple years back for a long time trying to do that. And then um, we recently found out that my son has autism. And so he's in a very limited special needs class during the day so for about three hours. So that's not really long enough to work a full shift. So that would put me putting him in daycare. And I don't really have someone that I could trust to really watch him, the special needs that are involved. And so that makes for a little bit of a sticky situation. Another idea that I would have would be, have you tried using a laptop or a computer somewhere else? So for instance, like, could you go to the library and use that to get some of the stuff done? Could you go, if you're dropping your, you know, your child off every day, is there a library close by that you could go and you could work for 30 minutes on a computer and you say, okay, I have, I need to do this. And so I'm gonna go and I'm gonna use that. Cause some, some of the libraries, they have like a limit of how long you could be. Some right. don't have a limit. But that might be another option for you. I just feel like to be able to help you somehow take it to the next level, you're at this place where it kind of feels like your hands are tied. But that might be something for you to consider. Or is there a friend of yours that would let, maybe they have a computer that's sitting at their house and they're working all, they're mm -hmm. gone and they're working all day long. Could you ask them, you know, say, hey, if I cleaned your house for, you know, like once a week, I clean, come in and clean your house or whatever it is that you're skilled at that you could do. And you say, and then could I come in and use your computer for half a day or use your computer while my son is in his class? That might be another option for you to consider. So really think outside the box. And what I feel like right now, I'm going to challenge you a little bit. I feel like you're saying we can't. You're, you're looking at all the limitations instead of saying, you know what, there's got to be some other possibility here. So let's think way outside these limitations. Let's not say we can't. Let's say we can or yes, but how? Because there is, there mm -hmm. is a way. And I think that that's, I remember waking up every single morning when my husband's in law school and I know that our budget is not meeting on paper. I know that I'm really sick. I know that I cannot work. Then we only had one car and then I had kids at home that I I had to be home with them. And so saying like, I have to find a way instead of saying, I can't, this is just a hopeless situation. Because if you could have seen the numbers and you could have seen how mm -hmm. things weren't working, it would have seemed very hopeless. But I feel like when you hold on to that hope and you say, I'm going to find a way, I'm going to think creatively, I'm going to think outside the box. I'm going to just start busting down walls and I'm going to talk to other people and say, you know, talk to your friends, talk to anybody that you know, relatives, whatever, say, here's my situation. Do you have any ideas? And just ask mm -hmm. other people there okay. who know you and know your situation. I bet they can come up with something that can kind of help carry you through this, this hard season when it feels like, you know, you're very limited and to help then propel you to the next season where you're able to afford that laptop and you can have a lot more flexibility in your ability to work. And Julie, I actually have an idea for you that involves a job that you could do on your phone. And I've been talking to Sarah about it. We'll message you afterwards, but like I just, the light bulb just hit me like, oh my goodness. Yeah. And she can do this from home on her phone. And we've been looking for someone to do this for us. So we'll talk to you afterwards, but anyway. Okay. Crazy. That was awesome. Great advice. Crystal. Oh my goodness. Such good yeah. advice. And you know what? You mentioned that in your book as well, which I thought was great about, you know, some examples of women who had said, hey, this is what I need. This is what I'm doing. And they just got the word out there. And then, you know, the pieces just start coming together. People start supporting you. They have this little, you know, piece of equipment here or, or there or yeah, whatever. So that was great. 
Good question, Julie. Yeah. Thank you. Nice to see you again. Good to see you too. Bye, guys. Bye, Bye. Julie. Okay, and I know we had we had an awesome question, and Crystal, well, first of all, Crystal, as soon as you have to go, let us know. I'm good. I'm, know I'm great. Have forever. Okay, here's another call in, and then I, I really like Sam's question, too. So after we get yeah. the call, it's going to have Sam from Kiwi in the Clouds jump in also. But here is, oh, yes, and you had a great question. Oh, she had a great question, yeah. too. Mm -hmm. Hi, can you hear me? I have a question. I'm feeling just a little bit stuck in the traffic and getting to my blog. In January, it'll be four years, and I've been working really hard for at least the last three years, but it just doesn't seem like I'm getting as much growth for the effort I'm putting in. And um, what would you say would be something good to focus on in this new year? Great question. Okay, so first off, I have to say that blog traffic is down across the board for pretty much everyone. Oh. So, I mean, that's not, you know, there are some exceptions to that rule, but the, for the most part, that's what is kind of the trend. And so I would encourage you with that and say, I think that's why we need to be on other social media because people are really basically like taking in information very differently than they did five years ago. And so long blog posts used to be what people would read. Now it's almost like Facebook and Periscope and, and they're assimilating information very differently. And so being on, if possible, you know, kind of spreading yourself out a couple of different places versus feeling like my blog is, your blog is your home base, but I think finding creative ways to do things and grow outside of your blog is going to be really good for the long-term health of your blog. So just to be completely transparent, like the last two months, my blog traffic has been down and we had seen this upward trend and we were really excited and then it's been down and there's nothing, I just have to accept that like, you know what, Periscope is growing, Instagram mm -hmm. is growing and it's okay. It's not like it's always gonna be an upward trend. And I could get really discouraged about those numbers because some of it has to do with Facebook, just the engagement just not being, or the click-throughs not being what they once were. But at the same time, I, I am looking at the positive and saying, I see how people are assimilating information on Instagram and really connecting with me there. People are assimilating information on Periscope and, and really connecting with me there. And so to be okay with not all those people are going to read my blog because they're not blog readers. And so what could you do that could kind of help you so that, so for instance, on Instagram, I've been posting affiliate links right in my Instagram, like profile. And so changing it out, and we have seen huge success with that. On Facebook, I've been posting some affiliate links directly on Facebook, and we've seen good success with that. Periscope, directing people right to affiliate links versus expecting that all of my income and my engagement is going to come through my blog. How can I think outside that and say, well, these things are really working, so let's tap into that. So that's first what I would encourage you. I think secondly, I would say, what is really feeding you? Like, what do you really love to do right now? Well, I really like writing, but I also like producing videos for YouTube. It's something I like to do. I really don't like Periscope all that well, but I think <laughs> if I practice more, I would I would do better with it. And and so, but just finding the time to do the videos is is more difficult too. But I have all the equipment. I just have to have to do it. <laughs> 
Well, and I think so. Could you work on, but could you focus on growing YouTube if that's something that you love? Because you can put affiliate links right into mm-hmm. YouTube. You can get people to sign up for your email newsletter right on YouTube. And so, how, you know, how can you use YouTube to monetize what you've already built and to be able to build your email list? If there's a possibility for you to do that, I would focus on that because that's what you love to do. And don't feel like you have to do Periscope. There is no rule that says you have to do Periscope. (laughs) Give yourself that grace. For me, the reason I do Periscope is because I'm too lazy to ever do YouTube. Like the thought of like (laughs) actually like having equipment and editing stuff. I'm like, forget it. That's why I don't have a podcast right now. I'm Mm -hmm. like, if there's a way that we can figure out how to take my Periscopes and turn that into a podcast on YouTube, I'm like, I'm all over that. But so the fact that you love to do that, I would say, well, how can you really embrace that and make that your thing? Because YouTube is, is still growing and very huge. Like there's a lot of potential on YouTube. And so I think of figuring out kind of what has done really well for you on YouTube. What are people connecting with you on YouTube? And then how can you kind of dig into that versus feeling like you have to do a bunch of new things. Do you know what I mean? Yes, I understand. Thank you. And YouTube. Oh yeah, that was awesome. Thank you so much, Crystal. YouTube can be awesome for SEO too. Like, I mean, we've seen that videos can just be so powerful for getting found in search engines. So, you know, that's one thing it kind of has going for it versus Periscope. So, and Christy just chimed in and said, YouTube has been amazing for her. So she said, let her know if you need any help. So thank you. Awesome. Thank you so much. It was nice to meet you. We had a great question from Sam Kiwi in the clouds, Mm -hmm. if she has time to hop on and then Crystal again, just let us know. (laughs) <clears throat> okay, Sam. Our audience. Could you? Hey. hey, Sam, you look just like your picture. <laughs> I know, your it's like identical. <laughs> <laughs> That's funny. I'm uh, here with my little teething Aww. one-year-old, so if we get kicked <laughs> off, that's why. <laughs> my, well, thank you so much, first of all, Crystal, for being here. But my question was regarding your audience, since they are so conscious of cost, how were you able to monetize without like passing it on to them? Because right now I'm, I'm finding that my most popular posts are like my free printables and people love deals, obviously. And right now I'm doing affiliates and, and ad networks. It's basically for monetization. So what are your free printables? Tell me what they are. Well, my blog is centered around kids. So there's like lots of different kids wall art or there's like little printable puppets or just everything kind of revolves around like kid related activities. And how, what kinds of affiliates are you promoting? Well, the affiliates aren't really in the free printables. That's why I'm like kind of struggling on what I should do because the other part is nursery design and I kind of create nursery inspiration boards of different themes and those are where my affiliate links mainly are okay well are there i would say start with so what are your most popular posts like which tell me like some specific examples my number one is a collection of like over a hundred different free printables from different artists on the internet and then Two is actually one, it's called Splurge versus Save. I kind of have some kids deals and that one is all on nursery like chairs. So like gliders or rockers and ones that look similar and the high end one and the more affordable one. And I'm assuming that you have affiliate links in that one. Yeah, that's pretty much where like 
90% of my (laughs) where 90% of my affiliate income is coming from right now it's just that one post okay so could you do some other posts that are in a similar vein but are a different post I have kind of like a series like I said so there's like a high chair one and a couple different other oh like cribs but but that one nursery chair, I think more people need that, but also it went viral on Pinterest. So I'm getting a lot more traffic. Yay. From it. <laughs> yeah. And have you monetized that specific post as best as you possibly can? Like one of the things like media.net, I don't know if you've added those links at the bottom, but I've done that for all of my top posts and it's just like a really good passive income. I don't even know what that is. What is that? Okay. Because that's what I would say, like, for so looking at your posts that get the most traffic, because usually there's like, honestly, it's like 10 that are like, mm-hmm. and then there's a few that are like the big, big ones. Yeah. But I would make sure that you put extra affiliate, extra, like, do you, I'm assuming you have, you're with Google or what ad networks are you with? Um, I have, yeah, Google ads, but then I, in the last several months, I switched over to Pad Squad for mobile. Okay. And so you put, did you put extra ads in that post? No. It's just. Okay. So like I would go in and I would, if it's getting a lot of traffic because it's an old post, like I'm not going to in one of my new posts, I'm not going to put like ads in the middle of the post or something, Mm -hmm. but I would totally, because it's just people coming into it. So as much as you possibly can to monetize that one post and then also in that are you linking to your other posts that are similar? Actually, I'm not doing that. I should probably do that. So I would definitely (laughs) do that. The other thing is you could have a pop-up that is, you know, on that specific post or somewhere on that post to get people to sign up for some kind of printable so that you're getting them on your email list. So that's then like media.net is just a thing where it's like, it looks like text links, but you can, you could just stick them at the bottom of your post. And so I just put them on my top 100 post and then it's just like residual income. So okay. thinking about every way that you can possibly monetize those top posts. And because it's 98% of your affiliate income is coming from like one or two posts, you need to really be like making sure as many links as possible are in that post. The other thing that I was going to say is for me, how I've kind of busted out of this whole, like people are super frugal Mm -hmm. is I have slowly changed what I've posted about. And I've been very intentional about that because I realized Mm -hmm. when I launched my first ebook, I had a lot of people, not a lot, but I would say there was a small percentage of people. It was 99 cents. And there were a small percentage of people who like they couldn't even afford the 99 cents. And it helped me to realize I can't, like, I have to move outside of, I have to broaden my market. And so I specifically started posting little bit by little bit things that would attract the market that I wanted to hit. And so for you, I think for you to think of what kind of market do you want to hit? You don't want to, maybe these, this is what's really hitting with people, but not only monetize those posts, but then think, how can I slowly move in a direction that's going to bring in the people that I want to attract? So, for instance, with the email list that I'm building now, I'm building emails specifically for people who want to change their life, not necessarily for people who want to pinch pennies, Mm -hmm. because I want people who they're going to be willing to invest in some kind of digital product. They're going to be willing to invest a little bit of money because they want to change their life. And so I'm being intentional about that. So you can kind of change your shift from thinking of 
who is the ideal market? Not who do I already have as my ideal market, but who is the ideal market that I want to put down the road? And how can I slowly take steps to be able to attract that ideal market? Okay. I'll definitely look into That's that. That's awesome. We had another great comment Thank here you. from someone giving you feedback. Um, Sam, she oh, said, okay, Russell Ellett, yeah. She said, with my pre-printables, I often use Oh, yeah, Ellen Russell. She uses affiliate <laughs> links for the paper and printer hmm. she uses or materials that work well for them. I've also been able to sell the printables I do in packs. So individually they are free, but people are able to buy a convenient pack of them. Oh, that's, so that's then a good they idea. Can, yeah, so that's a few a good more idea, good Ellen. ideas for you there. Oh, thank you. Thanks. Good question. And I would definitely say, I was going to mention also, I would definitely say do not, if you can, always have them that they get them by signing up for your list. I don't know. If, are you doing that right well, now? You're okay. Not That's one thing. On some of them, I, they have to sign up for my list, but on other ones, they're free because I just feel torn. Like, am I annoying my readers? If Because a lot of my free printables, it's like just very like 200 words or less, sometimes just a few sentences and then the free printable. And I've had some people be like, like just to my email personally, like this isn't free. Like I have to hand over my email address. And I'm like, am I annoying my readers or is that okay? Guess what? That is not your reader. You don't want those readers. So you want to annoy those people so they go away because those are the people that you want to disappoint because they're just going to whine about everything. Okay. So like you just be like, this is what you need to do to build your business. You're not a charity. So what are you going to do to build your business in the way that you feel like is in, in you know, accordance with your integrity? But be okay with annoying the whiners because okay. I'm like when someone writes in and they and they're like, I will never read your blog again because of X, Y, and Z and blah 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 blah, and I'm like, that's okay, goodbye, <laughs> like goodbye, yeah. um, because if they just are gonna if they're gonna have a problem with the fact that you're giving away something for free and asking for an email address. That is someone you're good with disappointing. Would you're you, giving them something for free. Would you do it for like all of them or maybe like a percentage or what, what do you think is best? I would do it for all of them. Like I would just say, just get train your people that in order to get the free printable, they give their email address. Because then okay. I'm thinking about how you can then put together packs of these free printables. Not only can you start emailing out things okay. to this list that you know these people are interested in printables. Mm -hmm. So what else would these people be interested in? How can you serve them well? And then you can then send out any new free printable that you make. Send it out to that list. So tell them, like, by signing up, you're not only getting this free printable, but I will send you all the new free printables that I make. So they're signing up for your email list. But then when you have some kind of, uh, some kind of, that you can put together a pack and you can have this really cool sale. Like, for instance, I would say at the beginning of the year, everybody wants to change their life. So do you have a free printable pack that maybe it's $3 or $5, that it's, like, household organization forms, that it's some really cool pack of, like, different things some people are going to pay for that because it's like it's going to help change my life and that's what i need so so start building that list and then nurturing that list by emailing them regularly with the new freebies the new free printables that you come out with but then also once a month sell something to them that's in accordance you know that's in line with what you know that they want okay and so that they're so that you're building that list of people that they're going to then help sustain and support your business so that you can continue to buy the free crumbles. Okay. Oh my goodness. That's I feel all. like I have so many ideas now. Yay. Thank um, you. I was great. 
I was going to chime in really quick, too. I know a lot of bloggers will say, hey, this printable is part of my printables library. And when you sign up, you get access to my library of printables. So it's almost like, oh, my goodness. Yeah, of course I'm going to sign up. You know, a whole, a whole library. So anyway, awesome. that was awesome. Do we have time for Thank any you. more questions or do you need to head out? Thanks, Sam. Um, Crystal? It's okay. I can take one or two more. Yeah, I'm good. Oh, okay. Awesome. So if anyone else wants to call in, this is so fun. It's like this is fun. A radio show. I can't Thank believe you. what great advice you can give on I the fly too. Like Amazing. for so many different topics and you're just yeah. like spewing it out. You I don't need know. To have, you need to have your own paid blab show, Crystal. <laughs> I mean, this is this is awesome. Okay, here's Alyssa. Yay. Yay. She's awesome. While she's while it's thinking, we'll give you a little intro. She her she has an Etsy shop and she sells patterns and, as well as hand makes some items. She does like children's play food and adorable little kids hats. I thought I saw her question in here and I think it was more it, it was more the passive income kind of idea as well with her Etsy shop. Yeah. Where where did that go? Hmm, maybe we've got a tough connection oh, darn. there. She, oh, pricing. Alyssa said she was asking about pricing digital products. Can you type it into the chat, Alyssa? Because that would be a great question. How to price. Okay, so I know you do patterns, so that's one of her digital products. Awesome. So she says, I'd love to hear Crystal's thoughts on pricing digital products. Since the regular pricing formulas don't really apply, my digital products are sewing patterns. Good question, Alyssa. And can you... Tell us why the regular pricing formulas don't really apply. I'm, I'm assuming you're saying it's because of patterns, but can you can you tell us why you would say that they don't really apply? I wonder if it's a materials thing, if it's because she doesn't have the cost of materials. But you're right that you do. I mean, you have your labor. So how much time does it take you to make that digital product? And then maybe your design studio so that you have to work out the overhead cost of that into the yeah okay so it's because it's a digital download not a physical product okay i get it i thought you were referring products. to because i'm like digital products like there's not like a formula or whatever that okay so i think that you you have to consider your time it's just like writing a book or producing any kind of product yes it's not like it actually they're buying something physical but it is your time and it is your effort that goes into it. And honestly, sometimes digital products, there's a lot of money that goes into them because you have to pay for your graphic designer, you're paying for the, the hosting for it, you're paying for the fees of when someone downloads it, you're paying for a merchant account, you're paying for, I mean, there's, there can be a lot of overhead costs that it's not just the digital product. And, and so most people I think are very familiar with the fact that it's, it costs you something. And so I think as far as pricing it, I think I would see like one thing that I do to test my market is I will test my market with another product. So for instance, like I just promoted a $97 product, which I've never done before. It was Jeff Goins blogging course because I wanted to test my market. Not only did I think it was a really great product, but I wanted to test my, it was mainly to my money making mom email newsletter. I wanted to see would they actually buy a $97 product? So then I could know like kind of what's my highest price point and what's my lowest 
price point can't talk. I have these headphones on and then I feel like I can't talk. <laughs> What's my highest price point? What's my lowest price point? So test your market with other products so then it can help you to know what your products would work best at. I would start it a little bit on the low end. So like whatever you feel like is a very fair amount, but what you feel like your readers would see as a good deal. And then you can slowly kind of build up from there, but they have to, you have to kind of get your foot in the door with them. So you don't want to way undercharge it so then they'll never pay more than a certain amount but you also don't want to overcharge because if you say like for instance you can do like a launch where it's like this is the best price it will ever be and it's today only because it's a launch sale and then from then on it's always going to be higher than that but that's a great way to kind of figure out what what works for your audience and to start it out and what you feel like would be a good deal. What would you consider to be a good deal? And then I always want to wow people with what they get. So when they spent the money, I want to make sure they feel like, wow, that was a really good deal. I've heard it said before, Crystal, that you can always raise the price of a product, but you can't go back and then lower the price because somebody who paid like, let's say $97 for your digital product, they're going to be upset if they see it later offered for $25 when you didn't get the sales that you wanted at the $97 level. Do you think that's true? Like start I, at think, yeah. and go up? I think that's very fair. And we're all, we have just started our, we kind of launched a new actual physical shop for this Christmas and we're learning as we go with it. But one of the things that we learned is like I said on a periscope, this is the lowest price it will ever be. Well, then we were able to negotiate a big shipping discount because of our, the, the quantity of our sales. And so then we were able to lower our shipping costs. Well, then, so some people came back and they said, you said this was the lowest price. Well, it was the lowest price for that item, but shipping is cheaper now. And so technically, like I learned, like always be careful what I say. And if I'm gonna promise that it's the lowest price that it's ever gonna be, I need to make sure that that is true mm-hmm. because I wanna make sure that I'm always being truthful with that. So digital products are so much easier to do that with because like when I launched Makeover Your Mornings, my 14 day online course, it was like, I started out at $5 for the first 12 hours knowing that it's never gonna be, I was never gonna do it lower than that again. And so Uh I knew that. And so with digital products, I think it's easier because you don't have kind of the differing cost of things that you would with physical products. So there's a lot of, I love the fact that digital products, there's a profit margin there that gives you the ability to offer affiliate sales and to just have a lot more wiggle room to be able to Mm -hmm. do things that you can't with physical products. So that's Yeah, what is, Oh, I'm sorry, Beth Ann. Do you want to go? Oh, good. I, w- I was just going to mention real quick, we've had that same experience with the Get Found Guide, and we recently told everyone, hey, after Cyber Monday, it's not going to be this price again. And man, people jump on it. You know, we got a rush of orders for that. And same thing, though, Sam, we kind of tested, we tested with like a $12 product and then realized, oh my goodness, people would pay $50 an hour for coaching. And so then I realized I'm getting too many people who want coaching to charge $75 an hour. And I'm still getting too many people who want coaching. So now I ch- I start charging $100 an hour. So it is, it's that it's fun with digital products that you can, you can test and see what, like Crystal said, exactly what, what your market will bear and how much, yeah. Well, worth. I think the other thing um, is sorry, when you're launching ahead. the digital product, if you do fun. it, at some really low, low, low price when you first start to kind of create that momentum 
to get it out there. That's why like if you don't have a big platform and you put your ebook for free or something like that, then it, you know, for the first day, it creates that momentum that then people read it and then they tell their friend, but when they go tell their friend, it's not quite so cheap anymore. But if you wow them with their first experience, then they're going to tell their friends and their friends are going to be willing like my makeover your morning course is $17 and so many people are willing to pay that price. It's very worth that price, but so many people are willing to pay it because their friend bought it when it was five, but their friend told them they had to get it. And so I think you create that, that momentum, but also I, I'm a big fan of rewarding your kind of raving fan base. And one thing that we did recently mm -hmm. is we offered a Periscope code for something that we launched and it was only good to my Periscope followers. My Periscope followers were the only people that knew about it. And we did it for the first 12 hours. And so kind of rewarding them saying, you guys are my raving fan base. I want to reward you. So the same thing when you kind of to your email list, you say, this is the cheapest it's ever going to be. Only your email list and your really raving followers are probably going to get that deal, but it's a way to reward them for being on the inside and being able to then get that great deal. Right. Absolutely. Do you have time for one more question or should we sure. wrap it up yeah, now? I can do one more. Okay. Okay. Somebody try and call in and ask Crystal last question. Oh, and what is the address? What's the website where people can find your, last your shop, your new physical product shop? Yes, the new Bring shop is just shop.moneysavingmom.com. So. Okay, great. Oh, all right. We've got our last question. Hello. 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 I think this is Amanda. Yes. I'm Mandy. Hey. Yeah, Amanda. Wait, let me. Okay. I'm on my iPad. I had to hide from the kids. Nice to see you. <laughs> They're in there watching Magic School Bus. <laughs> okay. So what was my question? <laughs> oh, okay. So I'm an Etsy seller and I've had my shop almost a year and I kind of broke even this year. And so next year I hope to actually be able to make some money. So how do you know when to keep reinvesting, 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 growing, growing, growing? And how do you know when to start taking a profit? Hmm. I think that's a great question. And I think it's going to be a little bit different for every single business and depending upon your overhead. So with you having an Etsy store, you probably have a lot more overhead than someone like me who started a blog. I didn't have, I had a laptop and that was it. And so I think that you have to really do it for a few months. And so if you've done it for a year, you probably have a good idea of how much it costs you per month mm -hmm. to be able to run the store. And so I would say to see what are your priorities for this next year? Like say, okay, these are the three things that I really want to do. And I really want to invest money from the business back into. I also want to make sure that I have this money set aside to run the business. And then if there's money left over after that, then I think that you could take a cut. The thing that we've done is that I have six months to a year of expenses set aside. So that's my emergency fund for the business. So then I can take a cut every month and not have to worry. So maybe you say at first you're going to have a month set aside and you're going to just, you know, say I'm going to have a month's worth of expenses set aside when I have that. And when I, you know, have enough to pay for the next month after that too, then I'm going to be able to take a cut. And maybe you start really small. Like I always say like, grow your business way ahead of your expenses. So you don't want to get where you're dependent upon, I'm always making $500 a month and then something happens 
And then your family has gotten so dependent upon that that then it creates a lot of stress. So if you can build up that emergency fund for yourself, then it will give you that breathing room to feel like, okay, I can take this few hundred dollars home this month because I have that money set aside. And if next month we don't do very well, I don't have to take any money, you know, I, but it's not going to hurt my business. So, so that's kind of what I would say. And I would say to start out small and to make sure that you don't, your family doesn't become dependent upon it, if at all possible, mm -hmm. until you get to a place where you know, like every single month, you're going to make five times what you're going to bring home. And so you don't ever have to worry about like you're dependent upon this money and it's there's all the stress because you're not able to then make ends meet and you're trying to the business you know it just can become very stressful so we have a very specific budget that we follow for the business and a very specific amount and we used to take percentages but we recently changed it so that we take a flat fee and that really helps so that we kind of have it all budgeted and then anything extra just goes into savings okay to clarify bringing up betty was wondering you're recommending an emergency fund for both your personal life and family and for your business as well is that right crystal yes so we have an emergency fund for our for our family and then we have an emergency fund for the business and both of those are in separate accounts and that just helps me to be able to breathe to know that when i have because i have a lot of expenses now and when i'm paying a lot of people and i feel like then it's that breathing room that it brings so that i don't have to worry how am i going to pay for my hosting next month or how am i going to pay my employees or something so it's we've gradually worked up to that place and so when we first started i just always made sure that like i had enough for the next month and then it was like then two months and then three months and so just very very little bit by little bit working up to that place and so now that it's like six months so that just there's just a lot of breathing room but i also have a lot more expenses so if i have a i mean we had two months last year where i didn't we didn't bring anything home because we just didn't, had invested it all back in the business and so i think it's good to that just gave that just gives me that breathing room and i think for the people who work for me as well it gives them that breathing room even if we have a really bad month mm -hmm. i'm not going to stress over being able to pay their paycheck mm, that's true when you have employees that you're responsible for that would yeah very good advice yeah <laughs> very good question mandy i love that thanks yeah that was <laughs> great. so exciting <laughs> <laughs> Oh, yeah, Jessica! It was so nice to see you on video. Yeah, okay. yeah. I was just going to read Jessica's comment. My kids are loving watching you all, and they know you by name. Brilliant business moms and money saving <laughs> mom. <laughs> That's great. <laughs> That's great. Household favorite. Yeah, <laughs> so cute. Well, we should probably say goodbye then, I guess. But thank you so much, Crystal, for hanging out with all of us. This was awesome this was so and fun and did you, you see wanna... did you see your attendance yeah. you know you were worried that no one was going to show up did you see how many people showed up i was i know people showed up thank you everyone for showing up i think i was just so worried about like the holidays and i, I don't know i just i was stressed out you were stressed yeah, we had a lot of people here oh thank you christy we are here we showed up and so, it was really this fun was great thank you everyone. good questions everyone very good
Yeah. Yeah, and if and if you don't already know, I'm sure you do, but Crystal, her book, Money Making Mom on MoneySavingMom.com. Oh, yeah, pull it up. And you can find us at brilliantbusinessmoms.com. <laughs> and I can I do my plug? I was gonna oh. book, since I have it right here. <laughs> oh, oh that's it. Okay, I love I this. Book. Show your book, everyone, <laughs> if you don't have Crystal's book yet, you gotta go get it. It's awesome. A lot of her answers to questions here are things that she even covered in the book as well. Yeah. I was like, oh, yeah, I remember reading right. that great advice about the emergency fund and all of that. So, and yeah, thank you again so much, Crystal. Definitely. I just love thank that this so is much. a group of women that can totally relate. Like, we've got our kids, and we're, we're talking with the kids right next to us, so we can relate to the whole trying to do a business with our families. I love that community aspect of, of this group. It's wonderful. So, okay, that's all. <laughs> Thank okay. you so Bye, much. Bye, everybody. We'll have the replay up soon. Bye. Thanks, everyone. For the show notes, head to brilliantbusinessmoms.com forward slash BBM128. And in the show notes, we will do our best to link to everyone's shop or blog who chimed in with a question during the blab. This blab was the culmination of a Periscope book club we did about Crystal's book, Money Making Mom, which is excellent. We highly recommend her book. It's a very helpful tool for moms wanting to get started in business. And you can find a link to Crystal's book in the show notes as well. If you are serious about growing your business this year, I highly recommend our Brilliant Business Planner to help you get organized and to help you create a plan to grow your business and to do great things this year. You can find the Brilliant Business Planner in our shop, brilliantbusinessmoms.com forward slash shop. It's the perfect tool for moms who are Etsy sellers or moms who are bloggers or moms who are both. We've tried to create business planning pages that will help you run and manage your business no matter what type of small business you have. I hope you're having a great day. Now it's your turn to head out there and be brilliant.